Here we go! Welcome back to another episode of the Mile High Madness Podcast. I am your host, John Mendoza. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're tuning in live here on our Twitch channel or you're listening to this recorded, uh, thank you so much for being a wonderful part of our great audience here. We have a great show for you today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure that you can interact with the podcast here. If you're listening live, you can just type in a comment down in the Twitch chat below. We'll be sure to answer it live on the show here. Uh, you can also find our podcast all across the internet. We are on uh, iTunes as well as Spotify. Just search Mile High Madness on either of those. And before we get the show started, I wanted to uh, make a special announcement that this past week, our Twitch account for gaming, as well as the Mile High Madness podcast on Twitch, got affiliated with Twitch. So now we are official. We are officially here. Twitch recognizes us as a real entity, a real streaming thing going on here. So a huge props to everybody who made this possible, to my friends, to my family, my parents, my brother who made this all happen. Thank you all for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And to celebrate such a momentous occasion at the Mahai Madness Podcast, we are doing a special giveaway. If you type the giveaway command in Twitch chat or if you click the link in the podcast when it's uploaded, you can enter a chance to enter a giveaway for subscribers as well as one lucky follower. We've got a ton of different prizes to give away, including your chance to appear on the Mile High Madness podcast here. Another one of the great prizes is a $25 gift card to Amazon. Come on, who can pass up the Amazon gift card? You can buy anything you wanted on Amazon. So feel free to enter the giveaway for subscribers as well as followers of the channel. And without further ado, let's get started for today's show. We've got a packed show for you here. We have a special guest of mine who's been a friend since college. Uh, he joins us all the way from my hometown in Phoenix, Arizona, to talk a little bit of AZ sports as well as a fantasy football wrap-up and a uh, recap and semi-preview of the NFL playoffs. Please give me a warm welcome here for our friend Tanner Duke. Tanner, do you got us? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, my man. You sound great. How are you? Sweet. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Just kind of relaxing and chillaxing today. Very nice. Easy. Awesome. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it here. Uh, what we like yeah. to do when our guests are on here, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. And when you're done with the intro, um, go on. And I know you're a big AZ fan you know, from Arizona. So give me just a state of your teams. Where are the Cardinals at? Where are the Coyotes at? Where are the D-backs at? The Suns? Take it away, my man. The floor is yours. Uh, well, like John had said, I am Tanner. Uh, I have known John since college. We uh, play Pokemon together, cards, video games, all that fun stuff. Uh uh, I play fantasy football, fantasy baseball. I've dabbled a little bit in fantasy hockey and basketball as well. Um, mostly gamer as well. Uh, play a lot of uh, shooters and got myself a Switch and all that fun jazz. Very um, nice. Uh, state of Arizona sports. 
Um, Suns, mm, the dumpster fire is put out, but there's still a dumpster. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Coyotes are a top 10 team in hockey, uh, tied for the lead in their division. Very uh, nice. But I was, I was looking, they should be, I believe they would be a, uh, yeah, they'd be the five seed in the Western conference wow. uh, right now. Uh, Cardinals, a lot of promise. Kyler Murray. Um, I was a self-proclaimed Josh Rosen fan, um, mm-hmm. so I feel really bad for him. But Kyler Murray shows some promise. The Kingsbury offense, uh, not too bad. The defense finally got its act together there in the last four or five games. Um, Diamondbacks, you know, they went and got Mad Bum. Uh, they went and got Cole Calhoun. They got a, a couple other holds they got to fill, but Cattell Marte is uh, – definitely has all the makings of being a superstar in this league and uh i prefer to have him back in the infield i've heard multiple stories that he's complained about that new outfield turf they got going on mm-hmm. um i'd like to save his back uh and keep him in the infield if possible but uh, that dude can ball out pretty much wherever he plays right on so yeah i mean the coyotes i guess uh, of everything you said the coyotes were the biggest surprise for me when when i left arizona back in 2016 (laughs) graduated college and came to colorado i mean my man they were about as big of a mess as you could get they were talking about selling the team going to canada i i I went to a game once against the ottawa senators and i kid you not there it was so empty and the only fans in the stadium were senators fans there weren't even any coyote fans in there what what was the big turnaround um, I mean, you know, they went and got the, that young GM. I'm not as much of a hockey fan as I probably should be uh, sure. with how my family is with hockey. My aunt and uncle are diehard uh, fans. My aunt has a Shane Doan cardboard cutout dude mm. in her office. Um, but, you know, they went and they got a, a young, smart GM who knows what he's doing. They went, uh, they got uh, Tockett to be the head coach. He seems like he's... Uh, pretty good and uh pretty knowledgeable about his lines and you know uh, get getting his guys out there on the ice and then you know they went they made they went and got some uh some they got some young good uh offensive players and keller uh they went out and uh traded for taylor hall recently uh in the last month or so and he has been kind of an offensive catalyst um, Phil Kessel has been a revelation. Um, before he got hurt, Yalmerson was a really was really good on defense, and uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, the uh, the new captain now that Doan retired, uh, he's been kind of he's like the uh, I guess you could say he's probably like the face of the franchise. Oh yes, nice. okay. uh, and he's just you know they they've got a great young core with some vets there, uh, and they're making a run and they're making a push, and it's. It's glorious, and I really need to pay better attention to hockey. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, man. And then the, the Cardinals. I mean, I'm like you. I'm I'm a UCLA Bruins fan. That's always been my college since before, you know, before I even knew what college was. So I was a yeah. huge Josh Rosen fan. And when the Cardinals picked him up, I thought that was pretty hype. You know, finally a franchise quarterback for the Birds. Right. You give up, you know, what is it, a third and a fourth to trade up for him. and then Third and a fifth. Yeah, third and a fifth. And then you ditch him the very next year, only getting yeah. back a second. What what gives, yeah. man? Uh, Steve Kime should have been fired <laughs> at least a year ago. I am still on the fire Kime train. Um, among the SB Nation sites, you will find a very 
uh, very definitive divide between the fire kind and the keep kind mm-hmm. camps um, out there on Revenge of the Birds. I, I kind of peruse there a little bit to kind of get some feelers and gauge on, on the fandom. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I after the DUI, he should have been gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was going to be gone after the DUI <laughs> news broke. I really did. Yeah, me too. Um, but apparently he's got pictures of Bidwell. So he stays. Yeah. Well, I mean, not all hope is lost. I mean, it it, it seemed no. like a doomed move to bring in a college coach who was, you know, fired, didn't have a winning record in college. You bring in Kingsbury. You draft Kyler Murray, who's, you know, all five foot eight you know, on a good day. <laughs> He's, yeah, on a good day in cleats with hair. Exactly. And, and he, he looked good at times, but he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL next year. What do you think the Cardinals do in this offseason to surround Murray with the talent he needs to succeed? Uh, I, I have a very bad feeling we're take we're gonna take a wide receiver at eight. Um, Think so. I would advocate you know line offense mm-hmm. or defensive line either way. Right. Um. Uh, now that they moved Hassan Reddick back to outside linebacker, hopefully he's uh, shows a little bit more promise. Um. After they basically moved him inside and it didn't go very well. Sure. Um. Chandler Jones is you know. I think he should be in the running for, you know, defensive player of the year and all that. He was just named all pro. Um, he just set the, I think as a franchise record for sacks in a season, um, breaking his own record from like last year. Um, so he is a defensive stud. Um, Patrick awesome. Peterson got suspended, came back, decided it looked like he didn't really want to tackle anybody. Uh, the last couple games he locked down pretty good. So I, I'm, I was kind of, I'm in the camp of try to trade him and see what you can get for him. But, uh, there's not a whole lot of defensive talent uh, here. So I would prefer to lean defense in the draft, but knowing time, we're going to take like three wide receivers. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, we're, we're kind of in the same boat here in Colorado with, with Drew Locke and whatnot. Um, yeah. it, it's like, you know, do the Broncos take a receiver at 15 to give him the weapons he needs, or do you give him an offensive line to help protect him? I, I think that's yeah, going to be it's... the debate, you know, all, all off season for both of our teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. I, I think we've got a couple of good linemen, um, but we're going to have to fork over some cash, I keep... um, but we've got some cap room, so mm-hmm. we'll have to see. I'm not I'm a bit cagey about Kime, so we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I I keep seeing C.D. Lamb mocked to you guys at eight. That seems like a pretty yeah. virtual certainty on just about every draft site you go to. It's C.D. Lamb to the Cardinals. Yeah, it's him. I have seen one or two of uh, with Jerry Judy instead, um, but yeah, C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb seems to be uh, kind of the consensus pick. Um, there's a couple of guys on that SB Nation site that have some contacts within the team um and that seems to be kind of what they're hearing as well yeah i mean if if judy falls to you guys at eight let's say there's a run on quarterbacks you got tua up there you've got justin from from oregon if there's a run on quarterbacks a run on defensive ends and judy falls to you guys at eight even if you need offensive line do you pull the trigger for judy at eight Mm, i don't want to but that's probably what's going to happen sure Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's understandable. So, you know, we talk about fantasy football as well. You're a big fantasy guy going into yes. baseball, football. You, well, how many leagues were you in this year? 
I did five football leagues. Dang uh, and God. Last year, last year I did four baseball leagues. This year I'm going to keep it to like two. Yeah. Two, base, two, maybe three. We'll kind of see how I'm feeling. Um, I really like drafting, so that's kind of where it gets me. Sure. It's like, oh, I'll draft one more time, and next thing I know, it's you know, eight weeks later, and I'm stuck. Do you ever do those Yahoo fan uh, mock drafts to get a little practice, get scratch that itch? Yeah, I usually will. Um, but the problem with mock drafts is either not um, enough people join, or people draft for three rounds and then leave. Yeah, so and then the computer like just to, picks, right? Yeah, auto drafting is not always how you want it to go. So. Exactly. Cool. So, my, my man, you were in so many leagues this year. How'd you do? Did you bring home any trophies? I did. I brought home a few trophies. Yeah. Um, I did five leagues. Um, so, I had two leagues that I really cared about. Um, one gimmick league. Um, one, well, two gimmick leagues. And then one of those Yahoo uh, join and draft now leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, my league that I commissioned, I ended up coming back and winning. Um, the other league that I care about, I lost in the finals by about 30. Looking at my uh, looking at my final results here. Um, so I lost to the guy that was first overall. I was second overall. So um, in the end, he won and I got second. So that kind of worked out. Um, and then in my two gimmick leagues, I got uh, fifth and sixth, respectively. Um, oh, no, sorry. My one gimmick league, I got fifth. My other gimmick league, I won as well. And then the joining draft league, which I did a completely different draft strategy than I normally do. I tend to lean running back early. This one, I went wide receiver, wide receiver, uh, and I got uh, sixth. So, well, I mean, that's still pretty damn good results there. You're, fl- you're flirting in the top five and championships, at least the playoffs all around. Great job, my dude. Yeah, um, I am a, let's see. What is it? I have a diamond level in uh, Yahoo, wow. so I'm a, I got a nine. I got a nine fifteen rating. Very nice, so. my man. Yeah, I I didn't do as much, you know, with with work and being getting married and you know everything. I yeah. kind of took a step back this year. I only participated in three. Uh, I did one with my family from Phoenix. I did mm-hmm. one with a group of guys in San Francisco who have been doing it since, you know, back in the day when you get the stats in the paper the next day and you got to manually write everything down. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I, I joined one at random. You know, we had Dalton Davidson, my dad, David Hurlbutt from the morning huddle. And uh, my results were varied. I finished second in the family league. I won the championship in the random league. And then I plummeted to 10th place. And the San Francisco League. Get get this, man. I drafted James Conner. Ouch. I drafted T.Y. Hilton. Ouch. I drafted mm. Andrew Luck. Ouch. My was backup, that the one that you my backup was that quarterback the was that you drafted right after he right before I felt good about my team I was slamming beers I laid down on the couch and the commissioner ran over and shook me awake and he said John John your quarterback just retired and I said you know I said you know <laughs> F off you know stop leave me alone stop trying to tease me and he, he said no man for real and we turned on NFL Network and there Andrew Luck was giving his retirement speech oof yeah uh, it was brutal uh, that's that's a new one. I've never encountered someone drafting and then them retiring. So that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun, but I had a good time in the league. It was almost like a challenge to try to crawl out of last place. So who'd you end up having instead? You're about to say you're, you're about to name your backup. Yeah, so I drafted Cam Newton as my backup. Oh, you were just 
boned before yeah, you started that was, I pretty much just wrote a hundred dollar check and threw it away that's pretty much exactly what happened yeah um, yeah that's i mean you could have done what i did i ended up streaming josh allen for a month and a half there uh, he was gone, man. I, I ended up getting Jameis Winston in that league. And despite despite him throwing four interceptions a game, he actually did pretty well. He's the first ever quarterback, 30 and 30. That's uh, absolutely nuts. Oh, man. it's uh, He threw 45 interceptable passes, if I uh, my Dan Lebetard listening was correct. He threw 45, 45? potential picks and had 30 in total. Holy crap. Oh, man. We're talking with Tanner Duke and Arizona Sports and Fantasy Football Guru. Uh, we are listening to the Mile High Madness podcast. Feel free to reach out to us in the Twitch chat down below. We'll answer questions live. We've also got our podcasts uploaded on iTunes as well as Spotify. Reach out to us. Uh, search Mile High Madness podcast. You can also contact us on Twitter during or after the show. My Twitter at NFL. Tanner, you got a Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, shoot, what is it? I always end up forgetting what it is. Uh, it's at TannerD421, uh, mostly just retweet random sports and, uh, political stories and junk that I find, so. Perfect. Sports, um, political things, and junky finds, guys. That's a great follow right there. Yeah, and, uh, ooh, speaking of Cam Newton, um, Luke Keekley uh, announced he retired about 10 minutes ago. Luke Keekley Retiring? Luke Luke Keekley retires at age 28, 11 wow. minutes ago, according to Bleacher Report. Just got so. that here. Wow, breaking news on the Mile High Madness podcast. That's a first for us. Luke Keekley retiring. I mean, how, how many concussions has he had? I mean, you, you almost saw this um, coming, right? Yeah, you know what? That's uh, as more and more, uh, more and more, you know, young guys are, you know, getting getting paid and then seeing what's happening to their bodies i'm not uh i'm not really too surprised uh you know first it was andrew luck luke keekley's retiring now there's another few guys here and there dang so. on well that's a first on the mile high madness podcast luke keekley all pro linebacker for the carolina panthers announcing his retirement at age 28 wow that it's shocking because he's such a talented player, such a great, talented young man, a leader on that defense. But, I mean, all those concussions, the wear and tear it's had on his body, it was kind of expected. Yeah, especially with the concussions, man. Those those things, they'll, uh, they're going to be the things that get you. Yeah, so most definitely. Not really, not really too surprised there. Um, you know? Well, that's one. So, that's one more thing for Matt Rule to fix now that he's the head coach of the Panthers. Oof, yeah, yeah, that was a I was a surprise firing. I wasn't really, uh, you know, with Cam being lost to injury and and all of that. You know, I'm not. I wasn't really on board with the Ron Rivera firing, but you know, it happened. Here we are. Matt Rule coming in from Baylor and Temple to uh, take control here and try to. Maybe get Cam Newton back on track. Maybe move on with someone else. But I think we all saw that Kyle Allen proved he is not an NFL caliber starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if you move on from Cam Newton, you're back at square one. And, you know, you're drafted outside the top ten. So, yeah. you, you know, it, that's, you, uh... that would be rough if they wanted to move on from Cam there. Yeah, what do you do there? 
let's circle the wagons. I want to talk a little more about the fantasy football. So you you obviously won a ton of championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people out there who are <laughs> who are getting used to fantasy football, or they're getting back into it, or they're dabbling in it a little bit, um, what's the secret to drafting, man? What's the secret to putting together a good team? Um, well, I'm the guy that, um, when all is said and done, I end up always having the most moves by about, you know, 300% over the <laughs> next guy. Um, sure. I, uh, here, the, my two leagues that I actually like cared about here, let me take a look how many moves I made there. Uh, let's see. I made 109 moves in my main league. The oh, next highest. Oh was, my God. The next highest was 50. The person that I beat in the finals that won second made seven. Seven. And then and then in my other league that I uh, finished second in, um, I made 103 moves. The next highest person made 91 moves, and they finished third. Oh, my Lord. Um, my man, you're, and the, you're just wheeling and dealing. You're money ball over here. I, 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 I am a roster churner. Um, I think... Some of it's to uh, injury. Some of it is to streaming defenses. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you're if you're in a league with kickers, you have to stream kickers. Um, my one, the one league that I'm in did uh, two kickers, two team defenses, and two IDPs. Okay. So it's a little bit of a different uh, roster. So um, it's super flex as well. So I had to kind of, you know, work my way through for um, you know backups and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, but you know, streaming, uh, you know, I had to cover bye weeks for two different kickers, two different team defenses and a DB and a linebacker. So, you know, I had to, I had to kind of, to wheel and deal a little bit for that one. The other one is just, I get impatient and I sure. will tend to do the thing. I'll do the thing where a guy has a big week and I'll pick him up the week after kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'll, I would start, uh, I started, uh, grabbing backup running backs there near the end. Oh yeah, when everybody starts getting hurt, you just grab the plug and play backup guy, right? Yeah, I had Chris Godwin in my main league. So the week that Mike Evans went down, I went and grabbed Rashad Perriman. So yep. then Chris Godwin went down the week after that, and I was already set. It's it's kind of funny um, in in one of my leagues, there uh, Perryman got picked up the week before Evans and Godwin got hurt, so he was already gone. And then in my league, I ended up winning the championship in. I went to place a waiver for Perryman, and I got beat out. I had the third best waiver, and I got beat out by the guys who had one and two. Yeah, that um, I was consistently at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the the waiver wire priority there. Right. So, so who were? Uh, let's talk about the people who are on your team. Who were some of the players you you, you played in so many leagues? <laughs> Uh, what were some of the players that you thought were like the fantasy MVP? Who carried you to all of these great championships and, and great place finishes? Well, um, in my main league, it was mostly um, mostly running backs. Um, I had Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and then after week one, yes. actually, I had drafted Joe Mixon. And after week one, the guy who had Leonard Fournette offered me Fournette for Mixon. So I did that. Okay, okay. It's like the, one of the only trades I had all year. Um, I tried, I threw everything I had at the guy that had Lamar Jackson and he ended up actually finishing seventh and out of, he didn't even make the playoffs, but he was like right on the cusp all season. Wow. So he wasn't willing to kind of give, give him up. Um, I wrote, like I said, I wrote Josh Allen for a while. Um, I ended up using Tannehill here at the end. Um, Michael Gallup, Kenny Galladay. Those are some of my big wide receivers. 
Um, Chris Godwin was my receiver MVP for a while there. Um, let's see. I'm looking at my draft. Uh, my draft busts: Mayfield, Josh Gordon, and Joku, Kyler Murray. Um, gotcha. Those were that's like my middle rounders, but Chubb, uh, Chris Godwin, Austin Eckler. Um, those were all Leonard Fournette. Those were all kind of like my, uh, my real big MVPs for my team this year. Gotcha. On that one. Um, my other one, um, the, the Superflex league, that league, my, I had Chubb, um, Brashad Perriman there at the end, Chris Godwin, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson was my quarterback one all year. Oh, there you go. You're set. So I had him there. I had picked up, I had Tyler Lockett. He was kind of, you know, iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, look at my draft results there and see how different my team ended up. Um, I drafted fifth in that league. I took um, took Nick Chubb over Christian McCaffrey. That was a, not a smart idea. McCaffrey but... was still available at pick number five, and you didn't take him? Well, it went Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, Mahomes, and then I took Chubb. Gotcha. Wow. I, I would have taken yeah, McCaffrey. I mean, at any cost. Super flex, super flex league. Um, so the guy took Mahomes and Watson as his first two picks sure. over any other player. So um, that league, I had George Kittle, Lamar Jackson. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Not a whole lot. I a lot of that league ended up being um, wheeling and dealing on the on the uh, off the waiver wire and stuff like that. Um, I didn't have a whole lot going for me. Um, at the end there, Brashad Perriman, Lamar, like I said, George Kittle was a beast all year. I had AJ Brown there at the end as well. Nice, nice. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Adrian Peterson, um, was a pretty decent pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the New England D all year. Oh, so there you go. Really, that was really the big one. Um, the DBs and linebackers, I never really found a guy that I liked a lot. So I kind of just traded them in and out as needed. Um, you know, I they, their scoring wasn't wouldn't swing a whole lot either way. Usually, they would pick anywhere from they would get anywhere from like ten to twenty points. So it's not a huge swing compared to you know a, a typical wide receiver. So I didn't really have a a game changer at like linebacker or anything like that. Yeah, and uh, and the league I ended up winning the championship with. Yeah, I I ended up picking up t- uh, Ryan Tannehill towards the end of the year when uh, when Evans and Godwin went down. I, I benched. Uh, Winston and put in Tannehill so he he was good there I picked up A.G. Brown as well he produced for me um I had godly I just had such a loaded I had Travis Kelsey in there I had Eckler all year I, I streamed yeah. defenses like you I ended up playing the Colts defense at I believe it was my semifinals I played the Colts yeah. defense when yeah. when they played Kyle Allen and got like 50 points it was absolutely yeah. nuts yeah. yeah. Uh my super flex, I mostly looking back on my week rosters for my super flex, I mostly uh just streamed streamed a second quarterback. Um I started with Baker and that didn't go so well. That went downhill real uh, quick. That went downhill real, real, real quick. Um Brandon Cooks I had for a little while and that ended up not going so great. I had Hollywood Brown for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um uh, let's see. I had Nelson Aguilar a week that he went off for two TDs, though. I remember uh, that. I, I streamed him as well that week. 
Philip Dorsett, I tried streaming. Um, Zane Gonzalez was my hit kicker hero early on for sure. Nice. Um, so that that went well for a while um, when the Cardinals were mostly kicking, but um, as time went on, he did not. He was not as good. I switched over to Minshew for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. didn't. He wasn't so great. I did stream Jacoby Brissett the week he went off for four TDs against Houston. Very that nice. Was really nice. Yeah. That that one was a nice one. Um, the week I was without Lamar Jackson, I had Brissett and Ryan Ryan Tannehill went off for the three touchdowns that week against Tampa Bay. Um, and then after that, I kind of I actually I streamed Matt Moore the two weeks he started um, when Mahomes was hurt. And that actually went pretty well for me, all things considered. Um, I tried. I went with Nick Foles when he came back, and that didn't go so well. Right. <laughs> we are talking with Tanner Duke, an Arizona sports insider and fantasy football guru. Happy to have him here on the show. You're listening to the Mile High Madness podcast, streamed live here on twitch.tv slash johnscrow. Also find us on on. Uh, iTunes as well as Spotify. Just search the Mile High Madness podcast. Also reach out to us on Twitter, my Twitter at J Mendoza NFL. Tanner, I'm sorry, your Twitter one more time. It was Tanner D four twenty one. Tanner D four twenty one, right? Yep. Yep, there we go. So we got a couple comments here in chat I want to bring up. Uh, Dalton's, or, yeah, Esports Insider Dalton Stigmata Davidson says, Concussions are still the biggest problem with the entire game of football. Dalton also says that Matt Rule was an overhyped sighting in his opinion. And I, I think I agree with him on both of those comments, Tanner. What do you think? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to agree. Concussions definitely are the biggest problem. Um right after that are going to probably be knee injuries um, just with mm-hmm. guys not going high so they go low um, but Matt Rule as someone who's not uh, really all that versed on college football I don't really watch college football until like the bowl games come around I only kind of half pay attention to it um, I'm not really too uh, too versed on, on college coaches so I, I don't really know much about Matt Rule um, I didn't know who he was until they signed him. Um, and uh, my reaction to that is, eh, it's not Nick Saban. It's not uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, Debo. Yeah, it's not, not Lincoln Riley or uh, what's his name from Ohio State? Why am I blanking on his name? Urban Meyer. Yeah, it's not Urban Meyer. It's not Nick Saban. It's not Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was the big name that was being talked about uh, jumping up to the NFL. Um but, you know, I just – I don't really pay enough attention to college football. But, yeah, I was kind of like, meh. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really moved by it in either direction. So I, I can definitely agree overhyped makes sense. You know, it's interesting because I at, at my at my job, I ha- work next to a guy who's huge into rugby. I mean, that is his bread and butter. He studies the league. He's the only hmm. rugby insider I know. And they have a rule in rugby because concussions run rampant in the sport of rugby, as I'm sure you can mm. guess just by watching it. And they actually have a mandated rule that once you clear their, you know, concussion protocol, you actually are required to wear one of those leather head helmets for the next match. You have huh. you have no no other option. I just find that very interesting that, you know, their sport doesn't take concussions as seriously as the NFL does. And I'm not saying the NFL is perfect. They've made their fair amount of mistakes, especially with covering up these concussions. But it's mm-hmm. just—it's strange to me that a more physical game like rugby, 
where people are not required to wear headgear, you know, their concussions are looked at less severely as a players in the NFL who wear these giant helmets, you know, that are supposed to be tested and have padding and, you know, withstand impact. I just find that very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen rugby clips here and there, and it's a crazy violent sport. Um, but yeah, that that's that's an interesting idea. I mean, there's not really much the NFL could do extra. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't say wear a helmet on your helmet, kind of a thing. So, um, you know, that that's kind of where that differs. But and you, you know, got it's these... definitely an interesting interesting way to do that. You got these new rules. You know, you can't you know blindside hit somebody. You can't blindside block somebody. The defenseless receiver rule. Uh, that they're, do, they're doing things to prevent players from taking unnecessary hits to the head. Uh, but unfortunately, it just kind of happens. It's the nature of the game, and unfortunately, it has very strong and dire consequences sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, yeah, there's only so much you can do, but, I mean, there's so many people nowadays, even that, you know, former players and stuff like that, that would be like, I wouldn't let my kid play football now. Right. Um, you know, there's so many people out there now that are like, no. They went, they're not, you know. Uh, baseball's where the money is kids oh yeah and you know you don't have a risk of being injured and if you are it's nothing long term you're not going to blow out an acl you're not going to have concussions that can hurt you in your future yeah yeah baseball uh, baseball is the only sport where all the money's guaranteed that's uh that's the way to go kids (laughs) so let's look forward to the 2020 season because i know it's january 14th right now but we're gonna blink and soon enough teams are going to be reporting from minicamp then it's going to be the draft then it's going to be fantasy season all over again. So let's mm-hmm. look forward to the 2020 season. Who are some people that you're high on going into next season? Um, to be a bit of a homer, Cattell Marte, uh, definitely. Um, he, when you in fantasy sports, he's second base eligible, shortstop eligible, outfield eligible. Um, so he gives you that flexibility for nice. one, two. He's He's a power threat um, from both sides of the plate now. He's a switch hitter. Um, he's found his power stroke on both the left and the right side. He could definitely um, – let's see. I'm kind of actually wanting to find out how many he hit last year. Um, but he's definitely got that speed-power combo there that you want from your, uh, you know, your high, uh, high draft picks. Yeah, so he hits – uh, 329 last year, uh, 30 home run, 32 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Wow. And, so and, with stole, he's second baseman, correct? Uh, he, he's second short in outfield, I believe is what he's eligible. Okay. And, and those He'll are eligible shortstop and, and second baseman in fantasy baseball. Those are like running backs in fantasy football. There's very few, they go quickly and they're, they're so highly valued because there's not a whole heck of a lot of them that are playing at yeah. an elite level. Yeah, and then, you know, with, um, let's see, he played, he started 89 games at uh, center field, five at shortstop, and 45 at second. So that five games, I think, in Yahoo would be enough to qualify at shortstop uh, eligibility. The so, ultimate flex, uh, man. Yeah, so he he's gonna be kind of that super flex guy, and you know, with stolen bases not, uh, you know, not being very commonly found outside of like your Malik Smiths, your D Gordons, oh yeah, um, your Billy Hamiltons, you know, you you got to get those wherever you can get, especially if you play Roto. Um, Roto is really where you gotta 
and everything. Mm-hmm. So a guy with, you know, 30 homer upside, double-digit stolen bases, he gets on base at a decent clip. Um, doesn't look like he, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He only struck out 86 times. Oh, that's uh, not bad at all. Out of with, uh, what is that? 569 at bats. Um, he did have the whole back injury issue there. He only played 144 games. Um, you'd like to see from like your first round pick, you'd like to see 155 to 160 usually, um, with that injury there at the end of it. But you know, the 30 homer double digit stolen base upside, you know, that's someone that the back end of the first round, if you're not going to go starting pitcher, that's definitely a guy that I, you know, I, I'm a bit of a homer, but I, I really like him and he's, you know, he busted out hard. Um, sure. and I, I can only imagine going forward, as long as he can stay healthy, um, being a very good, uh, you know, start of the second round draft pick type deal. You talked about, you know, if uh, end of the first round, what is your strategy? What is your outlook on drafting pitchers super high? Because I've seen people load up on hitters and get middle of the pack pitchers. And I've seen it the other way around where people load up on pitchers so quickly and they kind of take the middle of the pack hitters. What's your philosophy on drafting pitchers early? It really, to me personally, it really depends on where, um, where I'm drafting and how many there are. I tend to like my baseball leagues right around 10 people, um, 12, maybe if, you know, if I've got enough people that really want to, I've gone as low as eight. Um, I would just make the rosters larger at that point, add a couple extra utility spots, um, maybe add an extra reliever, extra starter, um, just to kind of give everybody a few extra options, but it really depends on how many you've got and where you're drafting. If you're drafting near the top, um, A, if you're going first overall, you take Mike Trout. You know? yeah. But if you're going second, third, fourth, it really kind of depends. There's that upper tier of pitchers. is just, and it's such like a league of its own in, you know, innings pitched, strikeouts, um, you know, ERA and everything like that, that if you have the opportunity to take a very clear cut tour pitcher, top of the rotation pitcher at like two, three, four, you know, your Scherzers, you know, back in the day, Clayton Kershaw, um, Chris Sale re- more recently, but you know, you like guys like your Scherzers, your Strasburgs. Um, if you have the opportunity to take them at two, three, four, and then just when it, the back half of round two comes around, taking just a good available hitter, I would usually go that way just because pitching is always at a premium. And if you're not wanting to add and drop at 11:59 PM every day, every other day, <laughs> I've done that. I think like, we all have eventually. Right. I I've done that in points leagues. I try to play categories to try to mitigate that a little bit, but sure. you know, if you're not wanting to stream pitchers or, you know, um, starting pitchers, just, it's the most volatile, I, I think besides closer, it's the most volatile position in fantasy sports. So, um, at least like with running backs, you can find a guy that can find the hole and, you know, get you 60, 80 yards and maybe a touchdown or two every week. And that's, you know, if you get that in the later rounds or off the waiver wire, you're golden pitchers finding a guy that's going to go six, seven innings, give you, you know, a K per not, you know, a K per inning on average. And, you know, only give up two or three runs a game. That's really hard to find nowadays, especially with starting pitchers going shallower and shallower into the games that finding that premium starter to go seven, eight innings a game for 33, 35 starts. 
and get you, you know, the, the 250, 300 strikeouts in a season, that's the way of the Dodo, except for your Scherzers, your Coles, your Verlanders. So if you're going to get one of those guys, get them. You can find hitters that break out. Like you could have had Cattell Marte in the 12th, 15th round this year, you know, next year, this upcoming year, it's going to be round two, but you're going to find those kinds of hitters to way you're going to find those later more likely than pitchers um just with with hitters being as streaky as they are and having them go every day you can still get value out of hitters later than i think you can pitchers yep i I would tend to agree Uh, you're listening to the mile high madness podcast streamed live here on twitch.tv slash john you can find us on itunes as well as spotify just search mile high madness want to give a friendly reminder that we are doing a giveaway here at the mile high madness podcast to celebrate becoming a twitch affiliate just follow the get the giveaway command in the link you're going to go ahead and uh, be entered in for a handful of prizes, including a chance at a $25 Amazon gift card, as well as a chance to appear here on the Mile High Madness podcast, talk any kind of topics you like sports related. But we're joined here by Tanner Duke, an Arizona sports insider and a fantasy football and baseball guru. Uh, before we know it, I mean, we're going to be passing the time over the summer with some NASCAR, with some baseball, hockey, NBA playoffs, Um but eventually it's going to be time for fantasy football again. So what about some football players, Tanner? Who are you, who do you have your eye on going into next year's draft? Oh man. Um, all I know is if I'm drafting in the top two, I'm going to do my best to get Christian McCaffrey, whatever I can. Um, even with a new head coach and maybe a new uh, quarterback, um, he's just, he's the Mike Trout of football. He, at this point, he will do everything he catches the ball out of the backfield. He runs the ball. He's He is the funnel that that offense flows through. Those are the guys that you just don't pass up. Um, I, I, I'm i probably not alone in this, and I'm probably a little crazy, but if I'm drafting the back half around one, I might take Lamar Jackson. Okay, um, so, so you do be, think Jackson is still worthy of a first-round pick? I maybe more so than Mahomes was the, was worthy this year um, where he was going at the back half around one, mm-hmm. just because he's your quarterback one. And he's also basically your running back one. You're, you're pretty much getting two players for the price of one there. Sure. Um, even if they do, um, he starts running less, he's still going to run. There's no way he is going to cut back off that much of what he was doing. That just, that offense works so well. Um, Gus Edwards, who once Ingram, who is going to soon be on the wrong side of running back aging curves. Um, Gus Edwards is the backup and he has looked really good in the two seasons. He's been, uh, in that backfield spelling, uh, Ingram here and there and getting some garbage time and yeah. whatnot that if you can't get a top tier running back, you can't get, you know, McCaffrey, Zeke. Um, Kenyon Drake is going to be another guy who is going to command a very high price tag. Um, I'm still out on where I would take him. Depends on if he comes back to Arizona or if he goes somewhere else. Um, if he, if he stays in Arizona and David Johnson is dealt or cut or whatnot, then yeah, he's going to go around late and around one. He's going to be the, the Dalvin Cooks and Fournette's and Mixon 
from this year time range next year in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get, you know, if you're going tenths out of ten, you can get a guy like Lamar Jackson at ten, and then take like Kenyon Drake. You've got two running backs and a quarterback. Yeah. So you're in pretty good shape. Um, I think he'd be in good shape. I he would be more worthy of a late first round pick next year than I think Patrick Mahomes was this year. Um, him getting hurt notwithstanding, but just yeah. You know, there's nowhere to go but down when you throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Um, Lamar Jackson threw for like 3,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, and then he ran for the the however many yards he ran for. I think it was like a thousand yards almost. Mm-hmm. So yep. you know he can still stay near that point, um, and the passing can actually get better if they get more weapons. He threw mostly to his tight ends all year, so if they actually get some pretty decent wide receivers outside of Hollywood Brown. You know, you could definitely upgrade for Willie Sneed. Uh, um, oh, definitely. So, so if he can get a couple extra upgraded weapons there on the outside, um, that offense is going to be even more dangerous. Yeah, we got about a little less than 10 minutes left here. Let's transition from fantasy football to the real thing. We're down to the final four here. We got the Titans mm, coming yes. off two colossal upsets over the Patriots in Foxborough and the number one, you know, best team in the NFL Ravens on the AFC side going up against the uh, powerhouse Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And on the NFC side, we've got Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo and their hotshot young head coach Kyle Shanahan. What's going to happen this week, man? Who's going to meet in the Super Bowl? All I know is the Super Bowls, I want least involved Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, okay. yes, he's Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Absolutely. But he there's nobody outside of Aaron Jones and even Devontae Adams has been kind of lackluster this year. Outside of the two Aarons, there's nothing that excites me about the, the Packers. Gotcha. There's not a, a single thing about the Packers that I find exciting at all. Um, you just think like, they play boring football, or you're not a fan of the, I just, the, the plays? I mean, outs, outside of Devontae Adams, there's not on the offense. You know, they don't really have, you know, they don't have like a George Kittle or a, a Derrick Henry or, sure. you know, a, a Tyreek Hill on that team. And I don't know. I just, I'm not inspired by Green Bay. I don't want to, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch a Packers game. Wow. Um, All right. Fair enough. Um, it, it was just, I'm so surprised they're 13 and three. Like if, if I hadn't have looked at that, I figured they would have won the division at like nine and six. Gotcha. Like, like nine and seven. Like, I, 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 their record is way better than I thought they were. Fair enough. Um, Does that mean you're taking the 49ers in the NFC championship? I am taking the 49ers and I hope, okay. I, I hope, uh, I hope the 49ers win either, either one of the AFC teams against the Niners would be, um, super interesting. Um, I, I'm going to take Kansas city. It's close for me. You know, nobody wants to tackle Derrick Henry, but outside of Derrick Henry, there's not a lot that that offense has going for it either. Ryan Tannehill's kind of had his Renaissance, but he's thrown for 180 yards total in the playoffs yeah that's so true I'm not you know uh, yes you know run first offense in in the nfl is always different um compared to you know the rest of the nfl and and the passing pro uh, 
how passing is taken over the NFL. Um, but Tannehill has shown he can do it when he needs to. He also will run. It's kind of uh, – he's not really a guy you would expect to, to take off and run, but he'll he'll do it. Um, A.J. Brown, oh, boy, what an electrifying rookie this year. Oh, man. See, uh, he has nowhere to go but up, man. He's got such potential. <laughs> he really does. Um, but there's just – there's no stopping that. That Kansas City offense, they were up, they were down – 28 to nothing and that lead wasn't enough they put up 51 points there at the end um kansas city the stadium ran out of fireworks yeah (laughs) they scored so much um just kelsey tyreek hill both williams is in the backfield even shady mccoy's got a little bit left in the tank Michael hardman just stretches the field um and patrick mahomes is Yes, Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP this year, but Patrick Mahomes is still like the best quarterback in the NFL. That that dude is just he's fantastic. He's fun to watch. He's electrifying. And now that he's like healthy again, I haven't really noticed anything, you know, that that would indicate he's not 100% right now. Could you um, could you imagine playing him twice a year and being in his division? Yeah, that's the pain I have to go through every year. <laughs> I was good. I didn't think about that, but you are you know firsthand the Patrick Mahomes ness that <laughs> yeah. is out there. So Tennessee's defense is definitely you know no slouch, but um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm hoping and praying for a Kansas City, San Francisco uh, Super Bowl, and should that be the case, I would be. I would have to. I think though, I would have to take San Francisco over Kansas City, not by much, but I would take them, uh, depending on the money line. Um, but Shanahan, there's a reason Belichick was willing to give Garoppolo to him and only him. Right. Uh, Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mastermind, and his defense is one of the best in the NFL. Um, and as prolific as the offenses are in the NFL defenses still help win championships uh so i i think no matter who makes the playoffs in the afc if it's against san francisco that san francisco is going to win but the more exciting matchup that i would drop everything to watch would be kansas city and san francisco i would i would cut out the super bowl of my day and i would specifically go out of my way to make sure I was at home or at a Super Bowl party watching football if it was the Chiefs and Niners. Fair enough, man. We are wrapping up the show here. Uh, just give us a couple last-second thoughts, man. What's been the biggest surprise? What's been the biggest thing for you in this NFL season that's taken place? Oh, definitely Tennessee. The Titans, man. Um, making the playoffs, Mike Vrabel might have to cut off his own penis. <laughs> Oh uh, his wife would help it so <laughs> it was pretty great to watch him out belichick belichick uh against the patriots in the divisional round um with the getting the penalties on the punt team that was pretty glorious um, the master student out coaches the master yep and that was the same thing belichick was doing to the jets when we caught him on the sideline smirking that was uh that was what he was doing so it was kind of great to watch Belichick uh, call Vrabel out on the BS that Vrabel was pulling on him. It was great. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to just be fun to watch. Even if he's only here for the next four or five years, it's going to be a great electrifying four or five years. Um, 
Arizona's offense, as long as they can get some more weapons, though. Kyler Murray, that kid's had some jets. I, I work at the stadium, so I'm at the home games. Nice. And watching him take off, that kid has jets, man. Oh, my goodness, oh, yeah. he's fast. Um, so even though I'm taller than him, uh, it's, the, that offense is going to be fun. But it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, Burrow gonna is almost assuredly gonna be a Bengal, so we're gonna have to see that. Um, so like, what happens to Andy Dalton? Mm-hmm. Um, where does he go? Does he back up Joe Burrow? Does he go? I saw a couple. I saw something that said he could go to Chicago. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, Trubisky's right. a total bust. I don't like. I I root for Chicago secondary after Arizona, and they are that Bears team is a cluster fire. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Tanner, my dude, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the Mile High Madness Podcast. It was a blast. We're definitely going to have you back on. If we don't see you before the Super Bowl, we'll root for a 49ers Chiefs all red Super Bowl here. Yep, uh, that's that's my my dream matchup there. That's what I'm hoping for. Fair enough. All right, we're going to close out the show today, this fourth episode of the Mile High Madness Podcast. I can't believe we're already four episodes in here. I want to thank you guys all for listening, for all the people who are active in chat, and all those who are listening post-date or you're listening to the podcast once it gets uploaded. Thank you so much for your support. Do not forget to enter the giveaway. Use the giveaway command in our Twitch chat as well as the link in the description for the podcast info. I've been John Mendoza, your gracious host here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mile High Madness podcast. And remember, always let the madness consume you.